Welcome to Godable, a daily reading of holy texts known in the Unificationist community as Hundoke. Today we are reading from the Pyeonghwa Gyeong. Pyeonghwa Gyeong, Book 1, The Principles of True Peace If you can feel that your family is like one body that constitutes a realm of true love before God, your family can stand as a cornerstone of the place of settlement where you can attend the King and the parents of heaven and earth. This is how you become a blessed family and inherit the realm of victory. Respected leaders, now is the time for humanity to voluntarily repudiate all pride, ignorance, selfishness, and hatred. Let us follow the laws of heaven and be humble before God. Ever since God called me at the tender age of 16, I have committed myself totally to the realization of world peace, which has been God's deepest wish. At this time, I would like to set forth several crucial steps that are necessary for bringing peace to the world. First, live for the sake of others. A self-centered life not only causes discomfort, it also violates the laws of heaven. Living for the sake of others, on the other hand, is the way we can resemble God. Loving our family, our community, our nation, and the world is the way to inherit God's true love, and it is the way to live in accord with the fundamental order of the universe. Only through practicing true love can we become true individuals, true parents, true teachers, and true lords. Only then can we finally become the leaders who can bring about peace on earth. A life of living for the sake of others opens the gate to peace. In this sense, the path to peace ultimately must be based on Godism, or headwing thought. This is the teaching that can reconcile and embrace all sides in a conflict from the seed to the fruit by dealing with the starting point of conflict in the relationship between Cain and Abel. How can we break the chain of hatred and violence that we perpetrate against one another? Returning hatred in response to hatred only leads to more hatred, terror, and destruction. This is certainly not the path to peace. We can touch educate, and reconcile the conflicting parties only by true love. True love that places God in the center disregards national boundaries. Therefore, it is international. True love transcends the high walls dividing religions and races. Therefore, it is interreligious and interracial. True love centered on God's ideal of living for the sake of others can generate the power to touch a person's heart and spirit. Only by true love can the various reasons and causes of conflicts on earth be overcome, whether the confrontation is between right and left, front and rear, above and below, or inner and outer. Only by true love can we establish a world of eternal peace. Second, the family is the fundamental unit for building peaceful nations and ultimately a peaceful world. As I already mentioned, the root of conflict originated in the first family. Therefore, until the family of the true parents appears, it is impossible for us to enter the era of world peace. The international blessings that I promote worldwide are not the wedding ceremony of a particular religion. They are a movement to save all nations and the world. We teach youth to keep their purity before marriage and, when they reach adulthood, to marry with the blessing of God. However, as a condition to receive the marriage blessing, they first pledge to their spouse that they will maintain absolute trust and fidelity. Thus, the blessing is a holy movement to build true families and lift up each couple as true parents who live according to the standard of true love. Families built upon such an ideal and such an education have no need to feel threatened by the AIDS virus. 
For them, preventing AIDS is easier than preventing a cold or flu. If we educate the youth of the world in this vision and practice it, we will completely eliminate the AIDS epidemic and also eliminate the scourge of family breakdown. Further, these families of true love will serve as the cornerstone for peaceful nations and a peaceful world. In particular, if individuals of enemy nations who have lived in discord throughout history come together in true love as in-laws, their reconciliation will bring nations and races together. It is a high wall to overcome. Nevertheless, here is the supreme formula for bringing true peace to the world. Bring together children from enemy families and nations for the exchange marriage blessing. These interreligious and international families can build a realm of blessing, perfecting true families of true love that both heaven and earth desire. From that point, the world of eternal peace that God and all humankind have desired will begin. Third, interreligious reconciliation and cooperation is an essential condition for world peace. I have campaigned tirelessly for interreligious harmony and dialogue. We have always devoted a far greater proportion of funding to that purpose than for the growth and development of the Unification Church. Do you think that practicing such sacrificial love with an unchanging heart is easy? By no means. However, we cannot expect world peace unless religious people reconcile and cooperate. World peace is the original ideal of God. Therefore, religious leaders and believers need to be the guides who lead people to peace. If religions only emphasize narrow-minded denominationalism and fail to teach true love for God and the universe, we will never free humankind from the horrors of war. In the face of this global crisis, religious leaders have to practice true love, humbly following God's will, walking hand-in-hand beyond the perimeters of their own religion. The inner power of religion touches our hearts and can recreate us as citizens of peace. It can cultivate our ability to practice self-control from within, and it can overcome historical hatreds and resentments among us. This is the root from which true peace and stability arise. If religions demonstrate love for each other, cooperate with each other, and serve each other, putting the higher ideal of peace ahead of their particular doctrines, rituals, and cultural backgrounds, the world will change dramatically. Fourth, I once again emphasize the proper role of the United Nations in realizing world peace. As a representative organization for world peace, the UN has made many contributions. Last year, I presented my proposals to solve the fundamental problems plaguing this world, given that its circumstances have changed and the complex situations in which nations find themselves today are unlike those at the time of the UN's founding. One of these proposals was to establish a special body that would discuss and evaluate the religious, spiritual, and moral dimensions of world problems. The UN must serve the world and God's ideal of creation effectively. To do so, it has to transcend the power of politics and national diplomacy, which reflect the motives of nations ruled by self-interest. Only then can it truly protect the human rights of all peoples and nations and build world peace. This is not limited to the United Nations. Maintaining order in the world and protecting public prosperity and peace will be impossible as long as political sovereignty operates on the principle of national self-interest and ignores and undermines moral and spiritual values. High-level leaders have to ground themselves spiritually and morally upon God's ideal and govern according to universal principles. No political power or earthly authority stands above God and the laws of heaven. Moreover, the UN has to listen to and embrace many of the views of the non-governmental organizations. 
This is the reason we established Wango. I encourage all NGOs, while not losing your original founding spirit, to dialogue and cooperate with one another. I request that you continue to be of service to the world, to be unselfish, and to stay free of corruption. Respected leaders, a person who only talks about world peace without practicing it is not a true leader. Given the current world situation, we cannot leisurely sit back and wait for the arrival of world peace. It is a time of urgency. Each of us, the ambassadors for peace and everyone else, has to hold back nothing for the creation of world peace. Let us all take active roles as leaders in the movement for peace. I wish and hope that centered on the peace embassies, all international organizations, including the United Nations, will participate actively in the movement for world peace. It is our historic quest. Let us be united in mind and heart. Let us become pioneers for world peace by first building ideal families of true love and living for the sake of others. May God's hand be upon you and bless you forever. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Godable. Godable is brought to you by the National Victory Fund and support from listeners like you. To donate, visit godable.org. Thank you.